back. Wasn't it wonderful? A time of worship. Yes. That's why I use my real English. It's getting gooder and gooder. <laughs> it's wonderful. Okay. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the land that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Amen, you're doing a fantastic job. Amen. Um, I think the Spirit of God is one, because I'm hearing people talking a lot about some of the things I want to talk about this morning. If you're a visitor and haven't known, this is my book. I wrote the book, and it wasn't designed to make a whole lot of money, but God has shown me things, and I wanted to put it down in the book. Uh, people have read the book and actually have met with God. God blessed them as they read and they practice what's in the book. That's what the purpose is. I wrote it in a way so you can actually read and decide on your own. I want this from God. And God has done that in Calvert and different places. He saw on Barnes & Noble, uh, Amazon, I believe. You can go there and buy the book. But just don't buy it. Read it. Okay? <laughs> don't let it gather dust. Okay? Uh, read the book. Um, I probably need to go back and read it myself. <laughs> it's been a while. But this morning, I want to uh, bring a message to you titled, Rivers of Living Water. Rivers of Living Water. In John chapter 7, it tells us this. This was the Feast of Tabernacle that this, we're reading from John chapter 7. Feast of Tabernacle. It is, it is very interesting to think about it. Tabernacle. Feast of Tabernacle. What were they talking about? The Tabernacle where God's house was. They were celebrating a feast and it's called the Feast of Tabernacle. Feast of Tabernacles. And they celebrated it in God's Tabernacle. They have their own house, but the Tabernacle of God. God said to Moses, I want you to build me a tabernacle. I want to live in the midst of my people. Well, he has his place in heaven. But among his people, the tribe of Israel, he wanted to be with them and have his place with their houses as well. He, God, living among his people. So they built his tabernacle you know, in the midst of the tabernacle of the children of, of Israel. And so they were celebrating the feast of tabernacles, and God was there. And in that feast, usually at the very last day, that's what's called, called the great day of the feast, uh, the people were bringing water, fresh water, and they pour water as, as an offering to God. And Jesus went to this feast. His brothers actually nudged him, why don't you go to the feast? My time is not coming, I'll go. But then he went to the feast. And he was quiet because they were looking to kill him, so he wasn't exposing himself very much. 
But then on the last day of the feast, as they went out drawing water to pour, on that day Jesus took charge. And it says in the scripture, it says on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. I mean, he was yelling at them. I'm sure all of a sudden they heard this voice, and it was the voice of God. They heard this voice screaming at them. And he was yelling at them on that, that great day of defeat. He picked that day of defeat. If anyone thirsts, he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And the same voice is yelling to you today. If anyone thirsts, if you have a thirst in your life, something that you need, you need that thing met. Jesus said, come to me. He yelled on that particular day. We can't live without water. Very much. Three days a week is almost over for you. But if anyone thirsts, he said, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me. If you believe in him, as the scripture has said, this is funny to me because he is scripture. Jesus is scripture. And then he's speaking scripture upon scripture. That says it's important. So he's backing what he is saying. And he is the word of God by referring to what has been spoken before. That says to everyone who hears This is very important. He reserved it for the last and great day of the feast to speak this to the people. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Not rivers of water, but rivers of living water. Not the dead type of water. Not the natural water. This is a water that's alive. That can bring you life. Now notice what he said. He didn't say out of his the heart, the one who believes in me. He didn't say out of his heart will flow a river of living water. No. Rivers of living water. These rivers will touch your marriage. This river will touch your family. This river will touch your children. This river will touch your finances. This river will touch your pain. It doesn't matter what's wrong with your life. This river will give life to anything in your life that's dying. That's what Jesus said. He who believes in me. That's why the Bible says in in, uh, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. He who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or even imagine. According to the power that is at work inside of us. Hey, that power is already in there. He who believes in me, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And if somebody comes too close and that water flows onto them, they'll live. Amen. Amen. They'll live. They'll live. That's how important this is. This is the source, the life-giving source that God has placed in the heart of every believer. Life-giving source. 
You know, I'm thinking, I, I remember there was a young man in, in, in Africa. He was having some difficulty, problem. He was in church, and he came to me. He wanted, he wanted what we're going to be talking about today. And I prayed with him shortly because he says, I'm in church. I sit there, and I hear the songs. I see what's going on. I want to be a part of it, but I can't. There's something there that's holding me back. I can't get in. I saw you praying for the others, but I couldn't because this thing was there. And God had uh, prompted me that morning almost half the whole day. I was praying for somebody that I didn't know. I knew I was praying for somebody. And then he showed up. And I said, oh, you're the fellow. You're the fellow. I've been praying for you all morning. And then he got delivered. This was 1988. He's still living a good Christian life today. He is. He got the river. He had the river in him. God gave it to him. Amen. And God's going to give that to you this morning. Can I hear an amen? God's going to give that to you. He says, he who believes. How many believers do we have here? If you are a believer, it should be according to the words of Jesus. Scripture upon scripture. You don't have to fight for it. As long as you believe, it should naturally flow out of you. Or else. Jesus didn't tell us the truth, or you didn't believe it, or you are not a believer, or you are an unbelieving believer, whatever it is. But if you truly believe, the words of Jesus will come through. Naturally, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. That's what he says. That's what Jesus says. But then he ta- John tells us what he was talking about. He says, but this he spoke concerning the Spirit. He was speaking about the Spirit. So that tells me, if you are going to have rivers of living water coming out of your heart, he's got to be by the Spirit. You're already a believer, right? Since you're a believer, he should flow naturally from you. God cannot lie. He watches over his word to perform it. If you believe out of and you let it be, it will flow. But if you don't want it, God will leave you alone. It's really what you want. But if you are a believer, John says he spoke concerning the spirit whom, notice, is a person. Amen? Not it. He's a person. Whom... Those believing in him will receive, would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given. I want to know if the Holy Spirit has been given. So if the Holy Spirit has been given, then naturally, after I believe, I don't have to do anything more. His word must be fulfilled in me naturally, out of my belly, should flow or out of my heart must flow the rivers of living water. If it's not flowing, I'll go to God. Hey, you remember what you said? Amen. And God, you know you can't lie. I need that river flowing right now. And He will confirm it because the Bible says, I am ready to perform every word that I've spoken. Jeremiah 1 verse 12. He is able to, he is able and he's willing. He says, the Holy Spirit was not yet given 
because Jesus was not yet glorified. So what I want to do, I want to find out if Jesus has been glorified. Is there any scripture that tells me that Jesus has been glorified? As soon as I know that Jesus has been glorified, then I know out of my belly shall flow rivers of life. I'm a believer. Amen. How many believers do we have this morning? You don't sound very convincing. But yes, if you are a believer, you don't have to do anything more. Jesus said, this is what's going to happen to the believer. If you are afraid, then you stay away from it. If you don't believe it, you stay away from it. But it's the spirit of your father. God says he is going to give that to you. And when? Today. Today. He is. So that those rivers will begin to flow. Living water. You know, giving life to every area of your life. According to the scripture. It, it says in John chapter 12, I want to know if Jesus has been glorified. How many want to know if Jesus has been glorified? I know many times we we'll say, I know. But I, do you have scripture? And you have chapter and verse? That's what I want to go by. Is there anywhere in scripture where the scripture tells us Jesus has been glorified? So if I know Jesus has been glorified, then there is no doubt. I'm sure I have rivers of living water flowing out of me. Otherwise, maybe I'm not a real believer. Because I know Jesus cannot lie. But I know you are a believer. Amen? I know you are. Now listen to what he says. In, uh, in John chapter 12, verse 15. He says, his disciples, this is the Palm Sunday. He says, his disciples did not understand these things at first. What they did to him. As they welcomed him. Him sitting on the cold, coming into Jerusalem. They didn't understand this at first. Then it says, but when Jesus was what? When Jesus was glorified. So Jesus has already been glorified. Now that means the Holy Spirit has been given. And if the Holy Spirit has been given, you are a believer. So naturally, out of your heart should flow what? Rivers of living water. Because Jesus cannot lie. He cannot lie. Now, why does God want you to have this? Why? Why? Listen. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power. When the whole... Notice he didn't say if. If is if you are not a believer. That's not, there is no if about that. You're not going to have it. But it says when you shall receive power. This is not authority. Okay? That's a different word. This is Holy Ghost power. Holy Spirit power. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. That's what it is. You say a few words and that river flows because that river is inside of you. And as they hear it, it's simple words before you know, before your eyes, their lives transformed. Because you are giving life. I recognize that when, I'm pr- when you pray for the sake, it's that power that's flowing. Amen. I uh, just take one minute and then I put my hand and the Holy Spirit flows. Amen. And guess what? That river is flowing. Before you know, the pain disappears. 
And everybody says, it's a miracle. Yes, he's the drawing water, rivers of living water flowing through. And every believer has it. Amen. Every believer has it. Jesus didn't say, if you believe and you are a pastor. Did he say that? He says, everyone who believes. Everyone who believes. If you are a believer and you are not a bishop, you still qualify. Because the only qualifying thing is to be a believer. And do what the word says. Amen. I like what Joyce Meyer says. You know, you haven't done this before, but you want to say, you are really worried, scared. He says, she says, do it afraid. <laughs> You're scared, but do it. It's like the lady in our church that was with me in Africa. She prayed for somebody because I told them, oh, you can't heal anybody, but we are here and Jesus is with us. He's flowing through us. Just lay your hands and pray for them and God will heal them. And she prayed for this person and the person was healed. And the person was rejoicing, hey, God has healed me. God has healed me. And she says, really? God, the one who is praying is asking, really? I should have removed that person from my team. I'm telling you. You made me look bad. You made me look bad. Jesus, have mercy. And don't you ever do that again. Don't do really. They make, they make them know we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> right? <laughs> Jesus. But regardless, the river is flowing. Amen. Whether they really understand it or not, they were willing to act. And the river is there. And Jesus said, the river will flow. The river flowed. Amen. The river flowed. The river flowed. You shall receive power with Jesus' life. That means I didn't have the power until I received the Holy Spirit. Many Christians walk without power. They, they neglect the Holy Spirit. They've been told you don't need the Holy Spirit. You got saved and you now it's okay. But now, will Jesus lie? Do I believe the word of a preacher against what God said? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. If it hasn't come upon me, then I know the words of Jesus has not been fulfilled in me. I've got to let it happen to me. Can I hear an amen? You have to let it happen. It's a question of obedience. It's not a question of you being holy. You cannot be spiritual without the Spirit. Hello? You cannot be spiritual the way God wants it without His Spirit. It's impossible. Some people say, well, I, 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 I can't receive the Holy Spirit, you know. I got all this crazy stuff going on in my life. I, I, I want to clean myself first. If you are holy, you don't need the Holy Spirit. Why do you need the Holy Spirit? You are already holy. The Holy Spirit is for people who are not holy and want to be holy. Amen. 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 Don't disqualify yourself. It's pride. You think you got the power to go do everything and clean yourself up and say, now God, you know, I'm holy now. Because you get out of my way. There's nothing like that for you. Only those who are unholy and recognize 
that they are unholy and want the Holy Spirit to make them holy. Fit for God. Then they say, God, by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, He died. Give me holiness. Pour your Holy Spirit upon me. Amen. Then God will do it. God will do it. Isaiah says this, we need this power. The power of the Holy Spirit. It's not power that you feel in your muscle. Hello? You don't have to go, ah, Pastor, I feel the power. I'll tell you, please sit down there. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Satan knows you don't understand. He's going to really whip you after you leave church. You're going to pay a price for that. It's not that kind of power. You know, in, in Isaiah chapter 11, he tells us the kind of power. He says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. What is it? The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. What's the primary thing for a man? Wisdom is the primary thing in life. Wisdom. And this spirit, he's called, when he's resting on you, he's called the spirit of wisdom. Not only the spirit of wisdom, understanding life. Understanding life. He's also called the spirit of counsel and might. Counsel. When a person is filled with the Holy Spirit, they may not have a PhD in counseling, but they can come up with things that even those people that have PhDs cannot come up with. Because it's coming from the Holy Spirit. And they can, they can through the Holy Spirit, find, go to the very root of the problem and bring deliverance. I remember years ago, uh, there was a lady that was, well, I was in Georgia, there was a lady that was uh, seeing a psychiatrist in, in Atlanta. She left from, she was a medical student, I remember, from, uh, from uh, Augusta, Georgia. She would travel all the time to, to Atlanta for treatment. And I prayed with her, talked to her, prayed with her, find out what the root problem is and all of that. Freedom. Amen. Freedom. Angel and I dealt with a lady with multiple personality. I, the first time I saw that, I was like, oh God, why, why did you put me into this stuff? Because I came from Rome and, and I got in, I saw a grown woman sitting in a chair and, and she was talking like a little girl, maybe about seven, eight years old. But they, I mean, grown woman with high-pitched voice, with her legs folded like up like a little kid. And I, I heard this girl, and I was thinking, where did they, how did they find a little girl in their house? Is this their granddaughter? I turned around, it was a grown woman. And they said, uh, brother, good luck. Uh, and they introduced me to her. And she did like a little child, like, and they said, his name is good luck. She says, your name is good luck. I said, yes. And she laughed about that. I'm used to it. She laughed about that. And then 
she, she said, I like him. I didn't know how to reply. <laughs> There's a grown woman. Saying that. So I went in the room. Angela was sleeping in the room. I went to get Angela. Hey, there is something going on in the living room. I've never seen anything like this. This is, this is crazy. Come on, Angela. When she's sleeping, I need my rest. Get lost. Okay. Hey, I am the head. She is the neck. Wherever she turns, that's where we're going. So I left her alone. And I went back. I went back to, to see the lady. And she was seated. With her hand crossed like that. And I said, where is the high-pitched voice? And, and they said, oh, let's, let's, let's introduce you to the same person, a different name. This is Celeste. She said, well, Tony, she spoke to me about you. And she really likes you. She's talking about herself. And I'm saying, God, what are you doing? How am I going to, what is going on here? This is, crazy. <laughs> what, what will I do? And she says, I'm going to tell another part of me, uh, another, there's another name. And this time, I'm scratching my head and saying, God, you got to help me. I don't know what to do. So, Richard, prayed with her. I psychiatrist said, what did you do to him? Yes. She graduated from college. She graduated from college. I know what you're thinking. He was a pastor. No, I was just a church member. But by the grace of God, I got this. Amen. The river's flowing. Can I hear an amen? The river flows, every one of us. Through you, through me. I wasn't a pastor. Wasn't thinking about ministry either. If you said God was calling you, I would say, yeah, it's you that's calling me. I haven't heard anything from him. But that's the word. He's the spirit of counsel and might. I listened to her. I didn't understand what was going on, but I was asking God, what's going on? And Angela and I prayed with her. And we saw some manifestations and a transformation. I'm not going back there anymore. But listen, he says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 15, Behold, I send you out, when he sent them out, as sheep in the midst of wolves. Huh. Every believer is being, after you're saved, you are sent out, if the words of Jesus are true, and I know his words are true, in the midst of wolves. You need wisdom, not natural wisdom, but spiritual wisdom to be able to survive. That's what it says. Be as wise as serpents. Why would God say for me to be as wise as a snake. Because see, the devil has been here long before your grandfather was born. He's been around. You just got here. You don't fully understand. You need the one who was before all time to live in you and show you how to navigate your way. He's the spirit of power. Is the spirit of power that can transform your life. We need no wonder Satan fights this gift so much. He will allow you to be a Christian. He will allow you to be baptized. But when it comes to receiving the Holy Spirit, it's so much fight against it. 
but not in the Ark Fellowship. We will make it known because this is the power. He takes just one person to transform a whole community. And if we have one person that is filled with these rivers of living water, transforming our community, thank God I taught him everything he knows. That's right. He's so wonderful. You see, John the Baptist knew about this gift. He knew about it. That was the way God told John the Baptist, this is the way you can identify who the Christ is. Why will the thing that God told, the most important thing that God told John the Baptist as an identifying factor to recognize the Messiah is what is most neglected in the church. Why? Why? Because Satan doesn't want us to go there. It's the most important gift. The blood made a way for it. So we can have the Holy Spirit tabernacle with us. He comes to dwell in us. God said, I will live among my people. You let him live in your heart, in your life. Listen to what John the Baptist said. He said, I did not know him. John was busy with his calling. They were cousins. Okay? But John didn't know him well. He says, I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize, notice what he said he was sent to baptize with. He tells you exactly what. With water. Said to me, upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining in him, this is who he who does what? Baptizes with what? The Holy Spirit. And this, that was how John was able to recognize who the Messiah was. And God says, this is what he's going to do. Baptize humans with the Holy Spirit. Question, have you been baptized by Jesus? John baptized with water. Pastor will baptize you with water. But Jesus himself is the one that baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. That means he knows who you are. And you believe. Don't overlook it. If you do, Satan has got a hold of your life somehow. He's distracted you. He's taking you away from the truth. Many people today, many churches, they don't want that. We want it. We want the Holy Spirit here. We want it for every one of us. And if you are here this morning and you haven't received the Holy Spirit, you can receive. Our prayer partners will be here. Please come up. An instant. And we will talk about the, the importance of it later. Receiving the Holy Spirit. I mean, Him coming into your life. So important. So He tells us. In uh, John, Matthew 3, verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. I indeed, I do that. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Notice what he says. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with passion, fire. 
question is, has this happened to you as a Christian? Is our Christianity today different from the Christianity in Bible days? How can you put them together if it's different? They wanted that. You just go into church, you don't experience God in the supernatural. How do you know you can't be with Him? He's supernatural. I've got to have this because Jesus spoke about it. I have to. The Spirit of God in you makes you lose your fear of people. When you let the Holy Spirit walk in your life, you won't be afraid standing before people to speak. By the grace of God, after a while, that's gone. Because you have the purpose. Purpose in your heart. It's our duty to ask you, <coughs> excuse me, just like Paul asked some believers, it's our duty to ask you if you have received the Holy Spirit. You know, in, in Acts chapter 1, I'm going to read a long passage here because I have a responsibility. I know many of us have received here, but I have a responsibility. I'm a responsible. God will ask me about it, so I have to make it known to every one of you. That way I'm free. Paul says, you know, I'm free from the blood of all men. Everything that God has shown me that's good for you, I've given it to you. So that I'm free. I have to share this with everybody. Listen to what the scripture says. It says, and it happened, Acts 19, verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the, the upper region, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples. Can I ask you, is this saying he found some Christians? Listen, disciples were called Christians later in, in Antioch. But disciples were the same as Christians. So he found some Christians, if you will have it. Finding some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And that's a silly question. If when you just believe, you receive the Holy Spirit at the same time. So why would you ask somebody, if, they re- if you know they are believers, if they receive the Holy Spirit, if they believe? How do they know they received? Because if I'm asking you a question, I expect you to know that you have or have not to answer me. How do you know whether you have received? That's a good question. So he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Let me ask you the same question today before God. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That's my job. Paul saw these disciples. He looked at them. Something is not right. So he asked them, the Christians, something is not right. He asked them the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Question, how do I know if I receive the Holy Spirit? How? But he expected them to know based on the scripture. So they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Oh, that's frightening. You're a Christian. You don't even, you haven't heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? How did they baptize you then? Because if they baptize you right, 
they will baptize you. How? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hey, wait a minute. What do you mean Holy Spirit? They haven't heard that. They heard the words of John and they believed the Messiah and they were following what they knew. So Paul says, how will you baptize them? How did you get baptized? They said to Paul, into John's baptism. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who will come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, notice they heard. When they, once you start hearing, guess what? The river is already flowing. Amen? Can I hear an amen? You guys are real quiet, okay? <laughs> when they heard this, the river was already flowing. They didn't have it, but they heard the word. And as they heard the word, the river was flowing. John indeed baptized in the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should, that they should believe in him who will come after him. That is, on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, they were baptized in water again. So if you were baptized before and you don't feel good about it, we got water back here. We'll baptize you again. Hello. You're laughing, but I'm not laughing. This is serious. If you don't feel real good about it, uh, Michael will put you back in there. That's wonderful. So they were baptized again in the name, into the name of Jesus. And when, they had, when Paul had laid his hands on them, think, wait a minute. The Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now, you mean Paul didn't lay his hand on them when he baptized them? He certainly did. You can't baptize somebody without... Michael says, I will hold them under the water until they really repent. <laughs> Michael is crazy. <laughs> until they start saying, I repent, I repent. Then he says, now you, it's okay. Michael, please, you can't joke about stuff like that. <laughs> uh, so he baptized them. And then he laid his hands on them. Amen. Two different things. And the, the theologians tell, they tell us that this was 19 years later from the day of Pentecost. 19 years later. And if you don't have this, notice they immediately got the way Paul could tell that they have received. Right? They spoke in tongues. They spoke in tongues. If, they didn't, if nothing happened, how could Paul know that they received? The gas just come out of water. He lays his hands on them. Nothing happens. And he says, because I laid my hands, and I'm Apostle Paul. I've laid my hands on you. Now you have the Holy Spirit. And the guy says, I don't feel any different. What's all this crazy stuff you've done? But they spoke in tongues. And they prophesied. And Paul left them alone. He says the number of men, there were about 12 people. Every single one of them received. Sometimes I can't understand what Christians are saying. Everybody has their own gift. Some have this gift and this other person has another gift. 
If I was one of the twelve, I want that gift of that, whatever they have. Don't tell me I can't speak a word in tongues. And I'm seeing the, re- the remaining eleven speaking in tongues. And he tells, don't worry, son, you got the same. And I, my question is, how come I can't do what they're doing? You want me to just take you by your word? I want what they have. Amen. We're humans, right? We know how we think. That's what I would think. And I know that's exactly how you think. This doesn't does not make sense. How can I say I have when they are doing this supernatural thing and I can't? But there were 12 of them. And God confirmed it right there. Everyone can do it. Can receive the gift. That's my responsibility. To ask you today if you have received this gift. And if you haven't, please come here. The more we have people in church filled, the greater God will do the work like Angela spoke this morning, touching our lives. We have to do it. And we're not apologizing for it. But you also have to ask. You have a duty. You have a duty. In Luke chapter 11, please, this is so important. We'll be closing pretty soon. We can, I can talk about the benefits of this, but that's not the message this morning. Later we'll come to that. It says in Luke verse, uh, chapter 11, beginning from verse 9, it says, And I say to you, ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. For everyone who asks, receives. For everyone who asks, receives. And, the, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Verse 11. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Verse 13, very important. Verse 13 is very important. Please don't forget this verse because it has bearing on your life and my life. Jesus said this after talking about receiving from God. He says, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father... Is he already your heavenly Father? Yes. How much more will your heavenly Father give what? Give what? Give what? The Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. Not those who beg Him for it. Those who ask Him. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. Everyone who asks receives. If you're not asking, he said that you don't want it or you still have unbelief. But if you believe, you can receive this morning. You can receive this morning. Start a supernatural Christian life this morning. And watch God do things through your life. Young people, don't wait for anybody. Be bold. The Bible tells us, come boldly before the throne of grace. Be bold. Receive this gift today and start using it. Watch what God will do through you. What's what God will do through you? He wants us to receive the gift. When the gift comes to you, you speak in tongues. You know, there were 120 people in in, in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came. I didn't realize Jesus' mother was there. 
Jesus' brothers were among the 120 people. Read it. Acts chapter 1. He tells you that they were there with them. For 10 days, Mary was praying to receive the Holy Spirit we're talking about. For 10 days, some of them were fasting. And you want to be a Christian like Mary? That's the mother of Jesus. She fasted and waited for the Holy Spirit to come. And it came on the day of Pentecost. And she received, just like the other disciples, the brothers of Jesus were there praying and waiting for the Holy Spirit to be, to be given. The Holy Spirit has been given. And this is your attitude towards Him. He's just like it, is. it doesn't matter. I don't think that's right. He paid the price so you can receive the Holy Spirit. And when he comes, when he came to Mary, Mary prayed in tongues. Peter prayed in tongues. Paul prayed in tongues. You can't name any of the apostles that didn't pray in tongues. They all did. Why should that be different? Some of them saw Jesus. I didn't. I didn't. They saw him in person. And still give that to them and leave me with nothing. God's not partial. You can receive the Holy Spirit. The Bible tells us, you will speak in tongues in Acts chapter 2 verse 4. He says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Who gave the utterance? The, the, the Spirit gave. Who was doing the speaking? The people were. The people were the ones doing the speaking. That's where most Christians miss it. They are thinking the Holy Spirit should take their tongue and speak for them. He is the Holy Spirit. He doesn't have your tongue. You have your tongue. You do the speaking. You can't just sit there and do nothing. <laughs> then it will mean he is the one doing the praying, not you. You do it. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak with other tongues. But the Spirit was the one giving them the utterance. If you don't speak, there's no utterance to give. That's just the way it is. Finally, I want to close with this scripture. He says in First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 14, For if I pray in a tongue, notice the word, if I pray with a tongue, Paul speaking, my spirit prays. Question. Is that spirit capitalized? The word spirit. Is it capital S? So whose spirit is that? You're born again spirit. The Holy Spirit empowered your born again spirit to speak in tongues. But you do the speaking and the spirit is right there. Not a split second goes by when you open your mouth to speak in faith. The spirit takes over. God will not allow something coming from the flesh. He says, that's too much. Instantly. Just like Peter came, on, came out of the boat, the water was solid for Peter. Not a split second. He never sank a bit. If he sank, he'll get right back. Even if he's just a little, he'll get back in the boat. When God speaks, he watches over his word to perform it. And if you come out today, I want that gift. God will not allow you to say one single word that's not coming from the Spirit. The first syllable that comes out of your mouth, He's taking over. Not a split second between that. Your Spirit is the one doing the praying. He says, 
for if I pray in the tongues, notice it's the same tongues we're talking about. My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. That means by faith, you just be like a child for the first time. Jesus said, unless you come as little children, eh, you're not going to make it. You see, a, children, a child doesn't care. What's the, have you seen children at home? Da, 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 they talk. Nobody understands. That his, his mama's angry because they are saying that, that. She's not speaking good language. No. The mama is saying, she's talking. She's talking. No. All I hear is, da, 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 this jab. Yes. But everybody's excited. Amen. Why do you think God's different? Amen. Why do you think God's different? You just come out of the boat and begin to speak. And your heavenly father says, ha, let's take a walk. We cannot afford to disappoint my child. Amen. I paid so much for this child to have this. We can't disappoint him. We can't disappoint her. Amen. So you can receive. Don't let fear hold you back. Fear has torment. Don't give room for Satan today. Don't hold back. Nobody is pacifying the Christian. I, mean, I just want you to have power to do what God has called you to do. Amen? Bow your heads with me. Bow your heads with me this morning. You see, the Bible says, the Spirit of God, no one... Who is not a believer can receive it. It's impossible. So if you're here this morning and you feel like, I, I really need that for my life. God is already seeing your heart. The first thing that you should do is say, God, I want to be sure. I, I want to confess before you that I receive you as Lord and Savior of my life. That's all you need to do. After you've done that, then you qualify. You can come out to be with our prayer partners today. And I believe God will baptize you with this Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that was on Samson, on David, in your life today, to empower you. At the count of three, if you're here, you want to make everything right with God today so that you can receive from God. Would you just put your hand quickly up and put it down? Raise your hand. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. See that hand. Thank you, Lord God. Everyone, say this prayer with me. Everyone, a minute from your heart, because Jesus is here today. He's been listening to everything that's being said, and I'm sure he's part of everything that is being said today, and he's ready to confirm his word with signs following. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I confess that I'm a sinner, and I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins. Jesus, I believe you told me the truth. When your word says, if I confess my sins, you are faithful and just to forgive me. I am forgiven. And I thank you for my sins that I've been forgiven. In Jesus' name. Amen. I believe every sin is forgiven because I know God cannot lie. 
Now is for you to walk in obedience. And your first step of obedience, if you haven't spoken in tongues before, or you spoke in tongues before, something happened and you've stopped doing that. I need you up here. Prayer partners, please come up. I need you up here so that they can pray for you. Some of you have kept it secret in your heart. That's not, that Satan is having a secret with you. That's not the place to be. But if you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit this morning, would you, all of you, stand up? Stand up. Would you please come up down? Come up. Come up here. And if you need healing in your body, would you come up also? Say the Holy Spirit is waiting for you here. Please obey him and come down. We're not dealing with man. We are dealing with God today. Please obey him and come down. And let God fill you with the Holy Spirit. And I'm talking to the young people as well. God needs you up here. Please obey the Lord today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Sama malatori te bakayashi tada bakonda le da basiga. Sandore baba baya santa re de bakayashada. Shandere de bakayashada. Let us speak. Let us speak it out. Strong. Speak it out. Strong. Speak it out. Strong. Come on. Come on. Shuba 